Philip Martin filling in for Callie Crosley, and this is Under the Radar. And now for that part of the show we call Lognette. That's Creole for something extra. Herbs, supplements, yoga, and massage therapy are some of the ways people use home remedies to improve their health instead of the typical doctor's prescription. But these holistic health practices have become a popular alternative medicine industry with professionals that promote preventative medicine. Now, these practices are not new and have been around in some form for hundreds of years, but the pandemic changed how we all understand healthcare. For some Americans, the last three years have seen an increase in people rethinking traditional medicine, and Gen Z especially appears to be moving toward holistic health with implications for our entire healthcare system. Now, joining me in studio is Liz Elia, the owner of Whole Minded Health. That's a holistic health practice here in Massachusetts. And Dr. Blake Vickers is joining me remotely. He's a chiropractic doctor and functional neurologist at the Wellness Way in Raleigh, North Carolina, a national holistic health practice. Welcome to both of you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Now, Blake, Liz, a a question. Uh, Briefly, can you describe your specialties and the reasons why patients are walking into your offices? Let's start with you, Liz. Sure. I Um, work with um, what I call holistic mental health. I practice various forms of energy work, such as um, brain integration, leap brain integration. Uh, These are all forms of applied kinesiology where I'm combining muscle testing with reading the meridians of the body to help repattern faulty neurological uh, impulses. So a lot of times I work with children with learning difficulties or adults with anxiety or people just who just have blockages to their own healing that can't be answered elsewhere. So who are your patients? Anybody. I work with children from the age of six to adults to, um, to the end of their lives. Um, I sometimes even work with newborns. So whoever comes to me, I use my modality um, to help with whatever they're looking for assistance with. And um, oftentimes I would say about uh, 30 to 40% of my practice is children with learning difficulties and emotional regulation issues. And the other 60 to 70% are adults just looking for that next step in their lives and to let go of old patterns that have been holding them back. That's that's intriguing to say the least. Uh, Blake, uh, Dr. Victors, what um, can you... Briefly describe your specialties and the reasons why patients are walking to your office, my friend. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, best way to describe it is functional medicine, just because most people can understand uh, that term. But basically what we're what we're doing here is we're helping figure out what what the root cause of somebody's health issue is instead of just kind of putting a Band-Aid on the issue and putting some type of pharmaceutical medication. Um, so some of the things that we actually do in the office is we run all types of specialty lab work from gut health testing all the way to hormones and anything in between. Um, so most of the patients that we actually do see are people who have gone through the entire medical system. They've seen a 20, 30 different doctors. They haven't gotten any answers um, just because it's a lot of surface level testing just to make sure that there's only that they don't have a disease and that's basically it. Um, so when we run our testing, we help these people figure out what's actually causing their inflama- their inflammation in the body. So what kind of inflammatory triggers are, are occurring? And if we can start removing those inflammatory triggers, their body can start to heal on their own. Some of the times we'll have to use supplementation with that, lifestyle, diet changes. 
But then there are a lot of special cases where uh, we'll have to, to co-manage with certain uh, special specialists in the medical field. Um, but a lot of our patients that we've been seeing, I'd say about 90% actually are, are remote patients because they're having a really hard time getting into their doctors and specialists. It's about like a six to eight month wait for some of those. So they can actually come to us and we can we can order a lot of the same lab work for them. And it's a much quicker process. They can get in in about two weeks. We can write them lab work and then they'll have results within about a, a month of the initial process. So it's a much quicker process um, than going through the, the standard medical route. Well, I, I must say uh, that one of the reasons um, I'm able to bike in and, and run and do all those things that we love is uh, because of acupuncture. Uh, I had a acute back problem years ago, and acupuncture was uh, proved to be uh, almost miraculous if you subscribe to that frame. <laughs> and and but uh, uh, and let me ask you this question though: According to you, uh, Liz Blake, um, and others, more Gen Zers, uh, those are young people from age three to twenty-three, have embraced holistic medicine as an alternative or supplement uh, to traditional medicine, especially since the ban- pandemic. Why do you think that so, Liz? Um, I have a lot of theories about this, but um, I think that there's less of a stigma um, because the stigma is being broken. Uh, before, where people were afraid to talk about going to therapy and having mental health needs met um, and seeking out that care, now people are actively talking about it on social media and and listing their problems and listing the things they are doing to help themselves with those problems. And um, I think especially with alternative care, um, the, in the past people have hidden their use of it, but Gen Z was raised with it. It's becoming normalized in the households, um, mothers using um, various remedies that have been passed down through the generations, and now people are openly talking about it on social media rather than um, hiding it and not even telling their doctors about it. People are talking to their doctors more about working with these alternative therapies. So I think it's just more of a culture change. That's interesting. That by sharing that information, you're also sharing what uh, is, you're also sharing possible cures, possible anecdotes. Um, uh, Blake, uh, your response to that? Yeah, so I think uh, um, kind of like uh, Liz said, with the with the social media aspect, like it, the the reach has just gotten immense, where people can get a lot of information very quickly nowadays, and I think that's a huge part of it. But also, um, kind of with the standard medical route, uh, children are getting put on pharmaceuticals um, at a younger and younger age, pretty much every single day. Um, so they're starting to experience issues where they, when they, whenever they go back into their doctors, they ask all these questions of like, they're, they're like, why, why is this happening? Like, what else can I do uh, for, for whatever illness I have? And there's not really any good answers for them. So they start to look at a, at a younger and younger age for different alternative uh, healthcare practitioners, um, different modalities, all those things. So we're seeing um, a lot of the Gen Zers that come into our office that's exactly what they say. They just say, hey, I've been to my doctor. They're not really giving me the answers that I need. So I have to start searching at a young at, at a younger and younger age to even find what's going on for me. Okay. What you also found, it seemed to me, uh, this is an observation. Uh, there's this, a lot of people seem to have also developed a health a skepticism of traditional medicine for other reasons. I'm wondering if uh, the anti-vaccine sentiment uh, played any role from your perspective 
in the uh, number of people who opted perhaps for alternatives to traditional medicine, that medicine which was embracing uh, the vaccine, uh, which majority of Americans took, but some didn't. Uh, so I'm just wondering, uh, Liz, do you think anti-vaccine sentiment play, in, played any role in uh, the increase in individuals seeing uh, holistic practitioners? Um, I think that the anti-vaccine uh, movement really polarized the holistic world from the medical world. Um, and I think that that's a shame because we're working to, you know, come together. Um, and so I think the medical world was seeing the holistic world as, you know, uh, grouping us as all anti-vaccine, when in fact most of the practitioners in Boston that I know were far from that. Um, and I think actually the thing that happened in the pandemic, what really happened was that people lacked access to standard medical care. People only had to, you know, people weren't getting cancer screenings, weren't getting uh, checkups for three years. So we had to take care of each other. We had to find other ways to keep ourselves healthy, especially before the vaccine came out. People who were essential workers, Gen Z, they weren't allowed to stay home. They weren't allowed to work from home. So they really had to boost their immune systems way before the vaccine even came out. So the whole COVID pandemic, not just the anti-vaccine movement, uh, is something that really created this um, this trend. And so if I can sort of summarize what you said, uh, Blake, uh, given what Liz just pointed out, and given that the vast majority of Americans accepted um, the vaccine as necessary, even a necessary evil from some points of view, wouldn't uh, anti-vax sentiment in industry do more harm to holistic medicine then help grow the practice, as Liz has pointed out, about the schism within the holistic um, uh, medicine um, industry. Well, I, I think the, the biggest issue, though, was that there was a there was a lack of tolerance on both sides. Um, so like like Liz said, there it was very polarizing. It wasn't just on the holistic health side with anti anti-vaxxers. It was also with the the other side with any type of um standard medical route where there was no no tolerance so it was basically anyone that that tried to go in and get any type of standard medical care um that even even if they were physically unable to get vaccinated because of some health issue that they had um they were looked at as an anti-vaxxer and they got they basically got shunned from from that type of care so they had to go look for other health um alternatives so again, I think that it was a lack of tolerance on both sides that did play a huge role in in this this whole thing. Is this thing uh, sort of uh, been? Is it has it been healed, so to speak? Are we reaching a point of um, normalcy uh, in within the uh, within the industry, both um, uh, from the perspective of those who were skeptical, if you will, of traditional medicine across the board, uh, and those who embrace uh, holistic medicine? Um, has that schism, you think, been uh, ameliorated or healed? I think there will always be a schism between the people who who um, believe in, you know, science and people who, who believe in things that they can't understand and see. Like acupuncture, you can't see the meridians of the body. But so many people have benefited so greatly from it. Um, and there's no proof physically for the meridians. So there's still a ton of people who don't believe in acupuncture, even though so many have benefited. So I think there will always be that duality. But I think that there's more and more people embracing um, the need for both sides because the medical system can't sustain 
its ability to help people um, in all ways. It really is a disease care system. And there's so much chronic disease and chronic pain that the, this advanced medical care system can't address. And so I think that there's more and more of a need for us to work together, these two sides of the two sides of the schism. Um, I, I think it's a process of acceptance and cultural change that's happening now, and we're in the middle of it. Blake? Yeah, so speaking from experience here, especially during the COVID, like the last two years during the COVID pandemic, um, it was it was very, very difficult for, for myself to co-manage with a lot of different specialists for, for our patients because we do, we do it all the time. Um, but during the pandemic, they were so uh, fixated on um, essential essential medicine, basically surgeries that are necessary, where any of our patients that were were there just to either get medications refilled or just to get a check-in, um, they the, those specialists were not working with with us very well. Um, but now it's starting to get a little bit better, where we can the everything has kind of started to come come back to a little bit of normalcy. There's always going to be polarization, like Liz said, but um, especially here in the last probably about five six months, it's been much much easier to communicate with specialists that we need to for our patients. And it's I think that there is a slight normalcy as as normal as it it's going to get. Um, it, it's coming back. Well, part of the issue, of course, for both of you and for the holistic uh, medicine industry in general is the lack of research within your field on much of that stemming, of course, from funding. Uh, and, I'm, and, and I'm thinking, of course, uh, where you are, Blake, uh, where there's a lot of medical research. Uh, and, of course, uh, here in Boston, uh, we have um, major <clears throat> medical uh, programs and schools. And so I'm wondering how is there a possibility that there could be greater research in order to, for you, to demonstrate to the American public uh, that these things are efficacious? Um, my father works at the New England Journal of Medicine, and for years I've been telling him to take zinc when he has a cold. And he f came in uh, one day and said, they just came out with a study that zinc reduces the duration of the common cold. And I said, I could have told you that 15 years ago. Um, and so I feel like, you know, I'm really busy. There's only, you know, four or five people who do what I do in Massachusetts. Um, uh, there's a lot of need for what I do. And, um, yeah, if we could get the funding for the research and the right people, that would be great. But, um, I don't think there's a whole lot of incentive for, um, big pharma to, to fund our research. So and Blake, is that uh, the, the situation in North Carolina? Absolutely. I, I truly wish that we could get some more research done on everything that we do, but um, especially with like herbal supplementation, um, there's really not a lot of money in um, herbal supplements in nature. So with with the, the funding behind pharmaceuticals, like I just I don't think that we're going to be able to catch up there, but I would absolutely love if that was the case. Folks, I'm Philip Martin. I'm filling in for Callie, Callie Crosley, our own. And you're listening to Under the Radar. I'm speaking with Liz Elia, the owner of Whole Minded Health, a holistic health practice here in Massachusetts, and Dr. Blake Vickers. He's a chiropractic doctor and functional neurologist at the Wellness Way in Raleigh, North Carolina, a national holistic health practice about what has pushed young people towards holistic medicine. And this question in that regard, um, we are also seeing a sort of integration of uh, the use of marijuana uh, in holistic medicine. And, of course, marijuana has now been legalized in many places. 
Uh, Liz, uh, do you think uh, the industry was behind the times? And how is marijuana, what role is marijuana playing in your practice, if you will? Um, in my personal life, I've used CBD um, without THC for a lot of um, health issues, and it's been really helpful. Um, I um, I think that marijuana is the original form of herbal medicine that people have been using in my generation to self-medicate for mental health issues. Um, and so now that marijuana has been legalized and accepted and there's a huge amount of profit for um, a lot of people now, um, it seems to be the herbal medicine that's kind of paving the way for other herbal medicines to be accepted. I support it, and also I think it's a risky um it's a risky substance to use because it's it's not a, a match for everyone. Just like some medications don't work for some people and there's some side effects. Um, even these natural uh, remedies aren't the right fit for everybody. But oftentimes it's hard to distinguish that before it's too late, especially with something like marijuana that people um, might get dependent on. It's it's amazing. And, Blake, you're seeing more and more of uh, uh, big pharma uh, now researching psychedelics uh, and seeking profit from what had heretofore been off limits uh, for uh, the the American public. Talk about that, and uh, in the in in your personal feelings about this uh, turnabout, if you will. Yeah. So I think uh, there's a lot of people that were ahead of their times on that um, on on that entire thing with the with the use of psychedelics. Um, but I... the Ho- the Hoffmans, for example, I think. Yes. Yep. So. So I think that they were ahead of their times there. But again, there was a lack of funding and research on it. But now that uh, I think now that the pharmaceuticals have the, the industry has seen that there is merit behind it and there can be if there can be money made there. Um, I think that they're starting to, to dive into that. What do you think both of you um, should be if you were to talk about a lot of the anxiety that's uh, taking place in society right now? A lot of it along political lines, political polarization, a lot of anxiety. Uh, if you were to just off the top of your head uh, ask uh, someone were to ask you, how can I relax in this atmosphere, uh, especially heading into 2024, where you're likely to see much more polarization than we're seeing now? What would you what would your answer be, uh, Blake? Yeah. So you, you have to remove any type of environmental stressor um, on the body as well, because a lot of those things can cause inflammation. They can release something called histamine, and that can actually be very excitatory to your nervous system and cause you some anxiety. So like if especially if you're feeling anxious, making sure that you are putting the proper nutrients in your body, um, things that are not causing you inflammation would be extremely, extremely important. There's certain herbal supplements that you can obviously take for to help with that. Uh, but again, the biggest thing is taking any type of stressor off your body, whether it be environmental, a physical stressor, uh, or any type of like mental stressor that you have going on. I often recommend meditation to my clients. I feel like it's a really powerful tool, um, being in the present moment and not jumping ahead into the future, especially for Gen Z um, and the the young adults just a little bit older than Gen Z. They're, you know, um, worried that they don't have a future. They're worried that they're, the, the earth won't be able to support them and their families and there's a lot less hope in these generations and a lot more anxiety. And um, I, I tell people, you know, the more you can be in the moment, the more you can try to bring yourself into the present through meditation, through yoga, um, through brain integration practices, 
you can let go of these fears and and focus on what you can do today and right now and appreciating uh, what you do have in your day-to-day life because we do have so much, but there's so much anxiety about what's coming and mental health of the big need for mental health because um, I have, you know, college students who are asking what's the reason that I'm, you know, getting this degree, like this is going to be useless in, you know, they say 10 years because... Um, what, what, what's the earth going to be like? What's the planet going to be like for us um, then? So here is uh, Kyla Beelan. She's a YouTuber and social media influencer talking about her experience with holistic medicine and what she has seen about it on social media. I completely understand that the term gut health is so, so thrown around, I guess you can say. Well, it's very trending right now, especially on TikTok, you know? And I've even seen so many TikToks where it's just like, y'all, I'm just trying to heal my gut, but there's so much information. It gets so confusing. And some people say this, some people say that, some people agree, some people disagree. Okay, so we're winding down here, and I'd like to, as that's going away on this particular program, like to know what you think should... Um, Again, I, we talked about remedies and what 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 is ailing people right now. What do you think is are the next steps for holistic medicine in order to, if you will, uh, get a greater portion of the population to see it uh, in a more um, open-minded way, if you will, Liz? I really think that something has to be done about um, getting coverage for these different holistic practices uh, through insurance because there's such a huge part of the population that cannot access these modalities because of the the blockage of financial, um, the the burden of that. So I think that the next step is really to find a way to get it um, to people in an affordable way. Yeah, Blake? Yep. So definitely the insurance model, it, it makes it very tough for people to come in, especially to see us. Only about 2% of our services are covered by insurance. Um, but then also just being accepting and, and anyone that comes in, make sure that you you do the best job that you possibly can for them in any holistic realm. We have, we have I'd say, probably 40% of our patients now are nurses or some type of other Western medicine doctor that actually come in to see us. So just be very accepting, be tolerant, and make sure that you do your best work. And I think that it's the message is going to just continue to spread. Well, I want to thank you and both of you uh, for, uh, for being on our program, Liz, Blake. Thank you for having us. It's so nice to meet you. Thank you. Liz Elia uh, is the owner of Whole Minded Health. It's a holistic health practice here in Massachusetts. And Dr. Blake Vickers is a chiropractic doctor and functional neurologist at the Wellness Way in Raleigh, North Carolina which is a national holistic health practice. Well, that's it, folks, for this week's edition of Under the Radar. Listen to us online at GBH News or wherever you get your podcast, and follow us on Twitter and Facebook to stay up to date with our programming. Under the Radar with Callie Crosley is a production of GBH, produced by Jesse Steinmetz and engineered by Dave Goodman. Our intern is Jenny Firm. Our theme music is Fish and Chips by We Are Two Saxies. Grace Kelly, and Leo P. Listen again on Thursday and see you here at 6 p.m. next Sunday for a new episode. I'm Philip Martin, and for Callie, thanks for listening. 